That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 220 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for giving the episode a listen. In this episode, I'm going to continue the most memorable game series, and I'm going to sit down with friend of the podcast, Donnie Hess, to discuss his most memorable game and the key word in this episode, and it's one that I actually had written down on my notes, and he confirmed it as I was uh, starting out the interview, is the word solidify. So we're going to be talking about uh, a fairly recent grand final, and it's a game that helped to solidify his support for the club that he absolutely loves. Now, folks, don't forget that if you are interested in having your local footy club getting a shout-out during an upcoming episode, be sure to drop me a note by email at yankonthefootygmail.com or on Facebook. You can find me, Craig Wessels, or you can find a Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at yank underscore on or on Instagram. Just look for a Yank on the Footy as well. I like being able to highlight these different clubs throughout the season. It helps me learn the geography of the game as well. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I enjoy listening to uh, Neil Butler's uh, Regional 250 show. Helps me learn a little bit about where things are in relationships to other things throughout the great country of Australia. Now, today's club of the episode is the Castlemaine Football and Netball Club. And they are members of the Bendigo Football League. And I have to be honest with you, I think they might be and probably are the oldest club that I have presented as a club of the episode. And their their website, well, I'll talk about it a little bit more here in a moment, but it was just, it was fascinating. Uh, the club was actually formed back on 15 June of 1859, and they played their first game a week later on the 22nd at the cricket grounds at Barker Street. Now, they play their games at the Camp Reserve on Forest Street, and this is a club that has five different uh, football teams playing from their master's team to the senior men's and women's, juniors, reserves, amongst them, the netball side as well. And this is a club that has a very rich history. When you have a club that's going back to 1859, and as a cat supporter, I proudly wear shirts all the time that say that they were established in 1859. I mean, we're getting ready to elect President Abraham Lincoln in the 1860 presidential election, and that's a long time ago. But you know that already. Uh this is a club that uh, has a pretty extensive list of solid people who played in the VFL or AFL, including Ron Barassi Sr., Kane Farrell of Port Adelaide, and young man you might have heard of. I, I don't know. This is a name that might be new to some of you. It's a young man that's played for Richmond for a little while. Oh, I'll just put it out there. This is, this is the club that Dusty Martin played with. So while I visit different clubs' websites and peruse them and read up on them a little bit for each episode, I'm going to probably find myself going back to the, to the Castlemaine website because it was an absolutely wonderful history lesson about the area and the discovery of gold and the initial 
games being played, which ended up kind of being, you know, offshoots of rugby league and, uh, footy together. Um, I truly enjoyed going through the website and I, and whoever put this together, just an absolutely wonderful job. And I wish the magpies all the best going forward in 2023. So let's go ahead and jump into my discussion with Donnie Hess of fourth and long media and Donnie's disposals, as well as the Des Moines roosters. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest is no stranger to the podcast as he is extraordinarily busy when it comes to footy. He's a man of many, many hats. I see several of them over his right shoulder. Uh, he is a coach. He's a podcaster. And I think he is probably the biggest Sydney Swan supporter in the Western Hemisphere. I am thrilled to welcome back to the podcast, Donnie Hess. Donnie, welcome, man. How you doing? Great to be back on, Craig, as usual. It's always great to share love and talk podcasting and talk footy with you, sir. Thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. I, I love love having you on. I love your insight. You, you know, it's... Uh, as we talked a little bit about a little bit about off air, you know, it's uh, we have to have some semblance of solidarity here, you know, with the the the, the four shows coming out of uh, out of the United States that are helping to to try to promote this game or just show our love for the game. So glad to have you on here. Um, we're going to be talking about your most memorable game here in a moment, but uh, before we do that, I wanted to jump into. Uh, What's been going on with Donnie's disposals over there at Fourth and Long Media? What's happening? What's going to be happening? What can people look forward to? Oh, it's it's I'm I'm into off season mode a lot like you. It's I got to keep footy. I got to keep footy on the minds of everybody. I got to keep episodes. So what I do, as I've done the last couple of seasons, is I have my off season supporter series, and this year it's a little bit even better. I, I everybody knows I talk to AFL AFL fans, but this year I am adding more. I am going to talk with Sandful fans. I'm going to talk with Waffle fans and even VFL fans. I am looking for supporters of some of these state sides because I want to learn a little bit more about these state sides. I want to learn more about footy in general because as much as the AFL is fantastic, I want to learn the little stuff, the the smaller clubs, the state side clubs because I think that is footy in general. I love the sport, so I want to learn more and thankfully i have had a lot of a lot of people reach out waffle sandful and vfl i cannot wait to have these chats i'm inundated about as much as you you and i have both said we're inundated with podcasts over these next few weeks with chatting with people it's absolutely fantastic i've got a couple of great episodes coming up very very soon that i cannot wait for people to hear including a sandful w player who i connected with who is for you sir a fellow Geelong Nuffy. So right. <laughs> it was very much fun to have a chat with her. We chatted both, we chatted both her, her beloved Norwood Red Legs, who she's the captain of, and also the Geelong Cats and a little bit about her kind of journey into footy as well. Okay. And I, I do want to point out that I, I did not highlight or mention or point to or anything like that. <laughs> any of the stuff that is hanging in the general vicinity nearby me, which might be, yeah, you know, one of the uh, the premiership flags. I didn't point those out out of respect for my guest, who is a diehard Swan supporter here, because they may very well do it to the Cats this year, or somebody else for that matter. 
We will have to see. All I all I know is a well earned a well earned cat's premiership. There, you, you have you have nothing to be ashamed about if you do point at that because it was well earned, completely have, I, class outfit by the cats this year. I do have I have one thing to be ashamed of, and I'm still and I've mentioned it before, but I I got settled in to watch the game, and I I I, I remember I had been up. I think we had a uh, football game that I announced that night, and I came home, and I fell asleep and missed about. 10 minutes of the first quarter <laughs> and I woke up and I looked at the score and I'm thinking, and it was, you know, it was a pretty wide margin. And, you know, in, at that point mm-hmm. in time, I'm thinking, how in the hell did that happen? And how do I explain to people that I actually fell asleep? You know, Just and again, it was, what, uh, it was like two o'clock in the morning or something like that. <laughs> the game was on. I said, uh, just mea culpa guys. I'm going to be 60 this year. I'm an old man. So, I, but I, I'm, I'm confessing to it. It's not something that I'm trying to hide and say, oh, no, that didn't happen. It sure as heck did happen. But I did go back and watch the first quarter during halftime. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, and it was it was it was fantastic. I mean, the oh, cats were just man. the cats were just so good. They were just so good. Everything just just fell for the cats that day. There, there's nothing that I can say as a spawn supporter except congratulations to the cats. Well earned on that one. It was it was it was fun, you know, as a cat supporter. But, you know. We're going to be talking about a, a game that uh, that had a much tighter uh, score than uh, than this past year, which. Uh, OK, that does have the score on it. I'm not going to say it, though, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> I'm just going to go right up. We won't look at that. I have I have the 2011 <laughs> cap here, OK, which is the year before the game we're going to be talking about today. We're mm-hmm. going to be talking about. Your most memorable game, sir. Oh, before we do that, where can people find your podcast? All right. So the Donnie's Disposals podcast, as 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 um, as Craig said, will be on Fourth and Long Media on YouTube, and then any any of the podcasting um, platforms will have it Fourth and Long Media as well on there. And like I said, we should be if if my communications with Ross are correct, we should be putting out two episodes a week. Um, starting, I think this week when, um, conveniently, I think my next episode is a Swan supporter in Zane Red and White, who is a very, very well-known Swan supporter out there. He is my next episode and I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed having a yarn with him. Outstanding. Outstanding. So I'm looking at my, uh, my Stitcher app here and I'm looking at the, uh, the fourth and long and, uh, this one looks like it's exclusively NFL things, though, except that one's dated back to 2019. So it's got to be a different one then. So I'll have to do a little bit more digging to find the, the correct one on here. Or I'm going to have I've got it subscribed, I think, on Apple, but I, I, I usually listen to things through Stitcher, but uh, or I'll find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So. You are here to talk about your most memorable game and. Uh, tell us which game this was, sir. All right. Anybody that listens to the podcast or knows me very well, again, massive Swans fan. So it's hard not to argue that the 2012 grand final is not my most memorable game purely because as, as, as Craig and I kind of chatted before we started online, this really was the game that solidified me as a Swan supporter. I had, I had done my research. I had done research when it came to starting playing footy in 2009 and 10, when I started with the Des Moines Roosters and I kept seeing two highlights that really, really kept coming up. Nick Davis in the 2005 um, elimination final, unfortunately against your cats kicks four goals to help the, to help the Swans survive an onslaught by the cats to win that one. 
and then Leo Barry's mark in the 2005 Grand Final to get the first premiership in 72 years. And I kept seeing these stats all the time. So the Swans name had kind of always been in the back of my head, but I still was never really confident on picking a team because my my coach was a North Melbourne supporter. So I kind of came down to North Melbourne and Sydney. And anybody that listens to me knows most of my professional sports teams, I like unique nicknames. I like names of something that's not the Bulldogs or the, the more common nicknames that you see a lot in sports. Right. So it hit the 2012 grand final and I watched this game live on or online, but way before I even knew about watch AFL and any of that, I watched it on knowing me, probably a pirating service <laughs> um, who knows it's how, okay. but the statute of limitations has run out. It's okay. Pretty much. And Tim. I just, is very disappointed in you though. Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> I just, I, I marveled at the Swans game. It was a very physical, tough, hard hitting blue collar type of team. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a math, superstar like they have eventually with buddy franklin which is odd for me sometimes watching this game because buddy franklin's in hawthorne colors right the right time of the game so it's very very odd sometimes for me but it was just it was just such a great game hawthorne has run sydney has runs hawthorne has run sydney has runs. this is an absolutely epic game that comes down to the final minutes where nick melcheski kicks a snap goal to give sydney a 10 point win which they would eventually be the final margin so it, this was a game that i watched watch it once every year. I will watch this in game in its entirety every year. I have it downloaded on my computer. I will not get rid of it because it's just such a great game of footy back and forth, fantastic footy and to see the the Swans members kind of be able to celebrate it a little bit more than 2005 because 2005 was getting over the 72 year hump they had mm-hmm. been so long since they had won a premiership. 2012 they really cherished it because there wasn't that there wasn't that looming uh, drought hanging over them. Uh, right, right. So, so I guess I have to ask you this: Had the you said you like clubs with unique names? Mm-hmm. Um, had it been the Hawks and the Kangaroos in the twenty twelve Grand Final, would you be a Roos supporter right now? Or a Hawks supporter if they would have won. Well, I mean, Hawks is a fairly common. You, you get Hawks here a lot in these states, but I don't True. know any clubs that, well, other than, you know, the University of Akron using the uh, the kangaroo as kind of their mascot, they're still called but the Zips. But it's Zips, yep. Yeah. I, I, I think I almost, I also kind of put it in the back of my head that kangaroos was, is probably pretty popular a nickname when it comes to Australian teams. That's fair enough. So I kind, of, I kind of added that, like, and, and again, some people would say, so... Uh, I had always kind of liked the Swan. I had always kind of liked the Swans nickname. I thought it was very, very unique. Again, like mm-hmm. I said, some people would say, "Well, well you're a bandwagon friend. You jumped on in 2012 and they won a title." Well, I've been a international member since 2016. They still haven't had a premiership since I've done that, right. and I'm still just as passionate about the Swans since then because I fell in love with the club. I fell right. in love with the style that they ran into the blue collar, a, a lot like what many people in the Midwest like. We like blue collar, hardworking. We're not a big superstar type of people. We just love hardworking people that have the same traits that we think we have. So I think that's kind of the reason I just I fell in love with the club started doing and then to find out that they had the connection with South Melbourne mm-hmm. and the huge history that they have with South Melbourne just it kind of helped solidify that and then the game was just kind of icing on the cake. Well it's it, in many ways you know, your your path and again you you became a supporter you know a few years before I did but 
you know, we kind of followed a similar trait because again, when I was deciding on which club to support, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of said, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of get off the beaten path and not be, you know, not be supporting a club that was in that, you know, conglomeration of the nine clubs in, in Melbourne. And, you know, I, you know, the Magpies were my, one of my three finals and I knocked them off and I was down to Brisbane and, and Geelong, mm-hmm. you know, cause, and I, I, one of the things that, that pushed me over, uh, the edge was, you know, the, 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 the cat's affiliation with, uh, with, with Ford, Ford, because I've got mm-hmm. my family on my dad's side of the family. There's, you know, almost 200 years of working for Ford motor company, uh, between my grandfather and my dad and several other people. But, uh, yeah, that was one of the things that, that really pushed me in that direction. But it's, again, it, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, kind of a smaller, you know, again, city's not a smaller town, but in terms of the, the toehold that it had in Sydney, it was smaller than, you know, you know, the, 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 the rugby teams and that sort of thing there, because, mm-hmm. you know, it, they were still making their way in Sydney at that point in time. You know, they were, you know, and it's, uh, you know, so, so there are some similar similarities there between the two. Uh, now, you know, I, I guess that I, I, as I was telling you, I'd watched the last couple minutes of the game, uh, on YouTube today during lunchtime, uh, at school. And, uh, you know, it, it was a shame and I don't know about you and, but it's a shame that, you know, meatloaf was not available to perform at halftime at this game as he had the previous year. I mean, I was, I was really looking forward to seeing, you know, you know, like bat out of hell, the redemption tour or something like that. But <laughs> Oh boy. The fact that Gil McLaughlin still gets, he still gets stick for that particular hire. And I, I think they've even, they've even got him to admit, he says it's probably the worst decision that the AFL and him he's ever made when it comes to the entertainment. But yeah, if I remember, I think the I think the killers might have been the halftime. It, it, I mean, I'm one of those. I'm not a big halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I all I know all I know is that I'm I'm not a big halftime and pregame show musician. No. It's like I I know that everybody loved Robbie Williams this year. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like just get to the game. I, I, yeah. I, I, someone called me a purist. I'm, I'm not. I just. If I want to go to a concert, I want to go to a concert. I don't want to go to a footy game to see a concert. <laughs> well, I'm, exactly. as, I'm, so, as I'm wearing my ghost concert shirt here. Um, exactly. So I'm just no, like, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I couldn't, I can't tell you the last time I, I've watched like a halftime show during the Super Bowl or nor, nor do I watch any of you know, the, the 18 hours of, of pregame stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, when I watch, and again, I'm, I'm a glutton because I, I watch, I'm a Browns fan. I pretty much only watch the Browns in the NFL which, you know, might have to do with why I'm as crazy as I am. But, uh, you know, I'll watch the the local Browns pregame show that's on before, like the CBS or the Fox one. And I and I'll then I'll go watch the other one. I won't watch the the national one. I'll watch the two local ones and then I'll watch the game and then it's then I'm done. I don't I, 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 I couldn't tell you the last time I said I watched the halftime show at the Super Bowl. And it's like it's like having a peanut butter and ketchup sandwich. You know, they mm-hmm. just. They're, they they try to force things together that just don't go together. It's it's become so glitz and glamour nowadays. It's it's lost a lot. Like I've 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 said it numerous times on the pot on 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 Ross and I's chat. I said I said honestly I said it's really weird when the first half of play and the halftime show are about mm-hmm. the same amount of time. And I'm just mm-hmm. like for me it's just let the coaches go in make 15 minutes worth of adjustments get them back on the field and 
let's get this game over in three and a half hours instead of five. Like right. it's, it's just very, very annoying for me. And I, and I, and I, unfortunately I see it way too much when it comes to it. I, I worry that the AFL sees the Super Bowl model and they go, well, we have to do it because it's, it's a spectacle. Yeah. And it's one of the things that annoys me because I'm like, leave my AFL alone. Because right, right. I yes. like that. Yes. It was, it was not the same. Yeah. They still they 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 nick a few things off that they want to do, but I'm just like I'm like leave my AFL alone. Go go just just let them go into the halftime. You don't want to do the Colgate sprint, and then let's 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 get back to the footy, please. You 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 don't want to adopt the mid season trade period like the NFL, but you want (laughs) to do the the halftime. Just you know, I mean, I, I would be thrilled if if the NFL would actually go and and this is this is the the band parent in me because you know my daughter was mm-hmm. in was in uh, you know she's in the flags in the marching band in high school for four years and in college for three go find maybe the two best marching band college marching bands in the country have them perform at halftime mm-hmm. you know just you know make it about you know a football a football thing it, it, it's it's like you know i saw the the rendition of the you know the new proposed changes to the bear stadium to soldier field and i'm thinking it doesn't even look like a football stadium anymore mm-hmm. it looks like you know, somebody mentioned it looks like a shopping mall and i just it's just and maybe i'm a little jaded i can't afford to go to, to nfl games anyway i haven't been to one since peyton manning was playing mm-hmm. uh for the still playing for the colts as that as a matter of fact so been a few years but just uh, a few yeah just a few so <laughs> you know as, as i'm as I'm looking at the, uh, you know, at, at the, that game, you know, it's, you know, and I'm, I'm reading through a little synopsis of it uh, that, that I had picked up there. You know, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, how much of an impact did Luke Hodges injury have, do you think, on, on the, the Hawks? Did, do you think that might, you know, because from what I read, he, he left the ground several times during the course mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah, he had he had, he had a he had a cut just above his eyebrow, yeah. and two or three times it opened up to the point where they had to do the blood rule, and, and, and it's hard not to argue that it it didn't make an impact because there were times that that Hawthorne was going well, uh-huh. Hodge went off the field, and it seemed like Sydney kind of got back over again. This was a game of massive runs. There was mm-hmm. was it towards the end of the first quarter, Hawthorne goes on a four or five goal run to to take a game that was probably only two points midway through the first. First quarter to yeah, a twenty-four one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There and, and then Sydney kind of fires back in the start of the second quarter with a run of their own to kind of bring it back even. I think they may even take the lead in that one. Well, they, but yeah, it was six six goals, six six goals to one behind in the second quarter. Thirty six mm-hmm. to one in the second quarter. Yep. Yep. It was just. It was just. It was. It, it's an insane game of runs that I that I absolutely enjoyed. But but the only thing is Hodge's injury was was one that really affected the game but one i think mo- some people forget about is the fact that adam goods actually hurts his pcl halfway oh. through the second quarter and he kind of had to change his style of play most of that game because yeah. he wasn't able to attack and jump at the footy which is really fascinating because he kicks one of the late goals to actually give Sydney the lead, which leads to probably still one of my favorite calls of all time is Bruce McAvaney going, cometh the moment, cometh the champion, as Adam Goods is celebrating a rolled-in goal late in the game um, that I still, I mean, I could literally close my eyes and watch the ball rolling through and then seeing seeing Adam Goods celebrating as that after that goal went through. And the roar, like it was, it was 99,000. 
almost 100,000 people in that stance and the roar for each team's goals was absolutely deafening. Yeah. I, I just, I cannot believe sometimes when I listen to it, how loud even the TV broadcasters um, feed was, it was insane. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it was a, it was a very, you know, closely, you know, played contest. I mean, and, you know, and nobody really went off during the course of the game. Yeah. I'm looking through the stats here, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Buddy Franklin, you know, kicked three goals and, uh, and, you know, you didn't have anybody, you know, for the Swans kick more than two, but you, you, know, you had, you had five people do that. So, I mean, that mm-hmm. always helps if you can, if you can, you know, hit, you know, as the, uh, the guy who used to, well, I think he still in, announces the guardians games here in, in baseball. Uh, Rick Manning used to talk about, you know, you got to put up those crooked numbers on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you got, you got five guys kicking, you know, multiple goals, that's certainly going to play to your advantage. Well, and wow. and you had and you had underestimated guys like Mitch Morton kicked two goals in that game, and Mitch Morton had basically been a delisted signing for the Swans, mm-hmm. and had basically spent most of the year in the VFL, and had joined late in the season, kind of filling in an injury spot, and he found his niche in the team. And when a guy like that kicks two goals in a grand final, you know you're doing something right. Especially like I love his interview after the game because he straight up says, he goes, the guys didn't trust me for a bit because I was a new guy. I was coming in as a delisted free agent, for, as a delisted from Richmond. And look what he does. He he makes a big impact on the team on a grand final day, kicking two goals that, I mean, they were big goals at the time, mid-second quarter to really help drive the team. So I mean, to see that impact, that the kind of spread of impact on it was like, was it the 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 game MVP medalist had like twelve tackles in the game? Ryan O'Keefe had like twelve tackles in the game. It was a little bit of everything. There, yeah, there wasn't that superstar kick six goals, change the game, the 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 Dusty Martin types of three goals, right. several goal assists and just absolutely ridiculous numbers. Yeah. It was it was really much a team game. They spread they spread the wealth, for, yeah. Exactly for both teams. So it was like it was and Buddy Franklin, you also got to look at it too is you look look at his behinds. I think he kicks at least two behinds. Kicked four, yeah. Kicked four. Yeah. And I think he kicked one on the full. So thinking about that, he actually had seven shots on he actually had seven or eight shots on goal. Right. And only right. kicked and only kick two goals so it's it's very much one of those that the, the the question on buddy franklin for many years is that he has been wayward at times going on goal uh in, in certain games well i mean i'm looking at it you know 110 tackles overall for the mm-hmm. swans that game i mean that's that is a that's a a huge amount of putting the other team on the turf i mean that is just that that is relentless i mean i'd have to go back and I don't I don't recall seeing numbers that high in too many games. And I could be wrong about that. And maybe I've not looked enough at enough specific stats, but I mean, you know, Hawthorne only had 84 tackles in that game. So, you know, it's a difference. It's about a you know 25% difference between the two, actually a little more than that. But, you know, having, you know, having watched the, the last couple, you know, last few minutes of the game, I, it's not one I've watched completely through yet, but it's one mm-hmm. I, I definitely need to, but as we talked about, probably not going to be happening this week. Uh, which, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's probably, you're probably not rewatching this week either. So, 
I wish I wish I could, but I unfortunately yeah. not. But I, I believe Watch AFL has their best 50 games, and mm-hmm. I believe that game is I believe 2012 is in that list. So you, okay. there's definitely a, a way to be able to watch it. Um, I have an old that I actually found on YouTube and was able to download it off of YouTube, and it actually is the Channel Seven call. So it's Dennis Kimetti and Bruce McAvaney calling okay. it. I'm not sure if the one on Watch AFL is the Channel Seven, but I'm not sure. I'd have to check. I haven't. Yeah. I, I think I watched it at one time when it and it didn't have the same feel to it because I think some of the some of the commentary is kind of moved around. Some of the um coverage is moved around a little bit, so it's not exactly the same. So well, it doesn't they, have the same feel. Plus, they don't have the the song and the interviews after uh-huh. like the the version that I had actually has the song and the inter- as like all the interviews. Because a funny part about it that any any Swans fans listening that'll know this is there was actually a shot at BT in one of the interviews because on the team at the time for Sydney was dot was uh, was Mike Pike who was actually Canadian. Okay, and previous years. BT had said Mike Pike was going to be a waste and that the Swans were wasting a list spot having him on the team. So Richo found Mike Pike and an eventual and eventual and um Shane Mumford, who was actually the, the rocks for the Swans on that particular day. Um and he 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 looked at my he looked at uh, Mike Pike and goes, he goes, Do you have anything to say to BT? And almost just just hilariously, he goes, "Nope." He goes, "Just look at the medal and walk in." And that's and <laughs> you, you can hear everybody else on the on the on the broadcast crack up. Even Richel yeah. is absolutely cracking up because it's a backhand to BT for his comments. And so, right, right. So it's always one of those that I always kind of chuckle. I always kind of chuckle a little bit um, uh, when I when I watch it because it's, it's like I'm the fact that bt the fact that bt gets a little bit of a backhand mm-hmm. in the coverage is you know, it's kind of gold and i i know that that not everybody enjoys listening to him yeah i think he i he is very much i think he's a very animated announcer and again you know i i did i haven't really started picking up you know until recently you know which announcer is which you know but you know it's he is certainly identifiable when when he's doing a game, um, but I, you know I think in, in in a lot of ways I enjoy his exuberance. Now I know not everybody does like that, but I think that you know that they're they're comparing him maybe to somebody like you know a Dennis Cometti that is you know that is you know like the gold standard or even you know uh, you know Gerard Waitley who is you know much more reserved when when announcing you know and he does most of his stuff on radio as far as the games anyway, but. Uh, He's a much more, you know, mild-mannered announcer, if you will. Mm-hmm. No, with B with BT, my biggest thing is, is that I think I think he, as a caller, just just specifically a caller, mm-hmm. he's pretty good. The issue that I have is when he wants to be caller, special comments, right, and give his opinion. Mm-hmm. I think he does a little too much. Like there right. are times he gives his opinion. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not here to hear your opinion. I'm here for you to call the game. Let right. the special comments guys do the opinions because that's what they're there for. Yeah, You're exactly. there to call the game. It's it's a little bit like the U.S. styles. Like the callers call the game. They don't do analysis. They 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 maybe say something that they've seen, mm-hmm. but they don't do analysis. That's the play by play guy. 
So when he does that, like he starts going on his rant, like it was out of bounds. It was, I'm like, dude, stop talking <laughs> because a, it's not because play is still going on. No matter how much you scream, the umpires are not going to go whistle BT saying it's out of bounds. It's out of bounds. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. Okay. So I'm like, you were literally yelling about something that dude, it's not called that way. Mm-hmm. You are making no difference. You're wasting your breath. Stomp talking Mm -hmm. legitimately you're a great caller but you kind of stamp on yourself when you start giving opinions on things that it's like sometimes he gives an opinion and then literally daisy pierce richo or some of the play-by-play callers literally contradict him with their next sentence i'm like this is where you need to stay in your lane great caller and i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to and this may not be the most popular thing out there, but I, I'm looking forward to the, the day where we actually get to have Daisy Pierce in the box rather than down on the sideline. Mm-hmm. I think I think you know her insight is I, I think her insight warrants her getting that opportunity to do that. Uh, I think she's she's a very astute student of the game, and uh, and I I think that when she decides to hang up, you know her her boots for forever. Um, you know, if, if she's not coaching with, you know, with the cats, which you know, I think she has that spot available to her down there. Mm-hmm. If she's in the, uh, if she's, you know, working with the, the announcing groups, I, I would love to see her get the opportunity to be in the, in the actual press box rather than down on the sideline. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. And, and my thing, my thing is, is I've, I've had, I've done two interviews with people that know her very well with Steph Kiyochi and Ali, and Alicia Eva and both just marvel at her mm-hmm. that they got to play against her. They got to play with her and they marvel at her footy knowledge. And these are really good players. Alicia Eva and Steph Kiyochi are not, they're not average everyday players. They're really good players. Right, right. So for them to have reverence of Daisy, just shows you where she is when it comes to the respect value just in the women's game. But she's got a ton of respect by many, many a male player as well. Mm-hmm. I've heard male players that have had, they like, what do you think of Daisy? And they just rave about her. She is such a footy head. We cannot lose her when it comes to commentary, but getting her into coaching, I think is nothing but a good thing. I think yeah. when she finds her way into coaching, which I think she's going to be fantastic at, she is going to be a natural. I, I she is going to step into it and be just as good as she is a player. Well, and I think you know that you know now that now that the, the and this is kind of taking a bit of a sidebar here, you know, towards the women's game. But and you know, you've been doing a a, a yeoman's job of of covering the women's game, where you know, I, as I've you know self-professed, I not that I wanted to, but I kind of had to drop the ball on it this year because it's it's smack dab in the middle of when I'm doing all of my announcing and such. So mm-hmm. I don't, I, I have to sleep occasionally. Uh, I didn't watch nearly as many games this year as I had hoped to. Uh, I mean, I, I think I watched in the first 2022 season, I watched every game mm-hmm. this year. I think I saw maybe a quarter of the games this year. Cause I just, I just did not have enough time and did not want to do a technical term here, a half-assed job mm-hmm. of, of, trying to you know share my thoughts on it and i just um i'm, I'm thinking that maybe now that they're going to have a, a a year a somewhat normal year now are you expecting to hear that they expand the season and add a few more games 
in 2023? Well, they have a CBA. They have CBA agreement still to come back in because they only signed a one-year agreement. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything that I'm hearing is that the men's and the women's may do a joint um, CBA, which would cover both Mm -hmm. to to keep them from having to do two negotiations. So I'm... Everything that I'm hearing, it sounds like that's probably most likely the the outcome. The only thing that I know of right now when it comes to the women's season is the next draft is going to be an overage draft. There will no, it is not an 18 year old schoolgirls draft. It will be an overage 19 or above draft pick this last year. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to let some of these 18 year olds mature. Right. And I think they're trying to put a gap year in, in case they don't go full time. So then that these kids, these, these young girls aren't forced to make that decision of, do I just do I go to school and not play footy or do I try to do both like some mm-hmm. of the players did where they're going to school and trying to play footy on the weekends? Right, right. And it's and it's it is very much, you know, and again, there there was that bump in pay this year, which was mm-hmm. great. Which I think, you know, allowed probably more people to take advantage of doing things like that. But it's still it still is you know very hectic schedule for the the people who are doing this even even with it only being a you know a, a 10, 10 round fixture for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think in in some situation when I was discussing it with with some of them was the fact that technically if you look at it they did do two seasons so they got twenty games in this year so they, they kind of got true. what they wanted but they got it in two seasons per se so it'll be very interesting to see. Will there be a bump in games? And then if they do bump in games, how does that affect where it starts? Because this year right. they started during the bye week of the finals, which I think was I think it was brilliant. It was a way to let the women have clear air to start the season. They didn't have to worry about the men's season. Yes, I know some people are like, we don't like the pre, we don't like the pre-finals bye. Um I mean, again, it's it's each and each and every, but I think it was it's a perfect opportunity to let the women have a free to air yes. first, free yes. to air, nothing in the way, nothing at all for yep. their round one, round two, three, four. You kind of get a little bit of the finals are going to eat up a lot of uh, a lot of the media coverage. So I kind of expected that. And then did did the crowds migrate from the men's game to the women's game again? It's 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 more of a question on. Do people, people that want to watch footy are going to watch footy. The people that are fans of AFLW, some are just AFLW fans, so they don't watch the men's. Then there's people that are AFL men's and men's only. I have no issue with that. What I hate is the men's fans that bash the women's game that don't even watch the women's game. I will will absolutely, I will be standing side by side with you on that one, yes. That is my biggest pet peeve that I have. And again, Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, that's fine. And, and I made this I made this comparison to one person. It's like music. If you don't like a genre of music, don't listen to it. Right, right. Don't listen to it. Don't talk about it. Don't do anything for it. You are doing absolutely nothing at all. All you're doing is riling people up. Right. I know it's a troll tactic and I understand that. So I try not to I try not to dive into it. But unfortunately, Social media sometimes can be that type of triggering situation that people just get angry. I don't know why. I just, hey, if I disagree with something that you've put on social media, I will just ignore it. Why? It's not worth my frustration to get angry with you because you probably, the troll probably doesn't care. They want yeah. the attention. That's a good point. So, I, yeah, I 
I used to, I used to have those kinds of discussions and I, I just don't do it anymore. I mean, I, I, I am, I, I will say that my, my meme game is strong, mm-hmm. but I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't, uh, try to dissuade people from, from their views. You know, I, I, we actually just watch him and with my government classes today was a, a little newscast, uh, on a show called full measure. And the, the last snippet of, of the, the broadcast today was, uh, an author who had just published a book about how people are not capable of listening to one another anymore. And that, uh, and his argument was that, you know, we need to be able to just agree to disagree mm-hmm. and, and leave it at that. And it's, uh, you know, cause I, I, yeah, I, I'm a, I, I'm a high school government teacher and I tell my kids from day one that my views don't matter here and I don't need to know your views. I said, my goal is at the end of the year, one that you, you kick the state's test in the butt and you've done really well on that. So that you've hit that check mark. But I said, other than that, my goal is that you've found something that you give a damn about and that mm-hmm. you're passionate about it, whatever it is, whatever your vantage point is on it. You know, I, I don't care what it is. You know, you're going to tell me at the end of the year in the last editorial, you know, cause I'm going to ask you what is you give a damn about, but I'm not here to tell you what that is. It's for you to figure out for yourself, to discover something that, that you are passionate about. That's important to you, whatever that may mm-hmm. be. Yep, I 100 100% agree. Yeah. And I think that's the most frustrating part. It's like we we can we can we can disagree on one thing mm-hmm. and agree on everything else. Right, right. But it's it's but it's when you make a big deal out of that one thing that you mm-hmm. can't even listen, I think that's I think that's the frustrating part about it. So it's like I, again, do I do I do I understand do I want people to understand the AFLW game is different there's just no doubt about it it is a different game it is not easy for some people that have been huge massive men's fans to get into the women's game and i understand that there's not a problem with that but don't just disrespect the women's game because it's women i think that's more of my pet peeve so yeah i, I respect I, you if you don't and i and i tell people when i when i do my when i do my podcast this year i asked i said are you i, I said i'm a huge aflw supporter i'm very honest and open about mm-hmm. that I, if they go well i don't watch it i go i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be like no, why don't you? No, I'm going to be like, okay. And I understand that. And I move on. I, I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and beat it. I'm not going to beat on a dead horse. I'm not going to disrespect, I'm not going to disrespect you by making it off. Like you're the bad person in this. Nope. Right. I'm just going to, I understand. I understand. I respect your decision and we move right. on. I mean, that's, you know, that's something that, you know, that, that I'm sure you do as well in terms of trying to encourage people that you engage with that, that aren't part of your podcast universe that hey you know what if you checked out this game you might like it i mean that's you know because i'm i'm in a uh in a a an online like discussion group of you know cleveland browns fans and i and one of the things that i'm going to be doing hopefully in the next few weeks while i'm doing all these other interviews and i know that you you got another show coming up here pretty quickly so we'll wrap up here um is that i i want to sit down with a group of australian nfl fans talking about why nfl fans would probably love the afl if they gave it a look so i mean i i'd I'd listen to i'd listen to it because uh the discussions of the afl and nfl fans that i chat with 
they they agree with me. As if you really look at if you really look at American sport, we love football. We love gridiron football, which means we love contact. Right. We love NBA basketball, which has a ton of scoring. AFL right. is those two things in a in a melting pot combined. It, it, it's it's a perfect perfect thing it, it, as you said even just if one percent of this population over here yeah. in the states gets into it i mean that's over three million people right and, and it's a sport that anybody can play and it's their skills may take a little bit to learn but once you learn that there's so much fun to just have a kick with yeah. your mates like yeah. one of the things i love about the roosters is sometimes i'll just grab a footy i'm not playing anymore i mean i'm not no longer in playing shape but i'll just have a kick with the guys just because it's something to do it still keeps me active but it's yeah. a lot of fun yeah absolutely 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 so i i guess i want to ask you this before we we uh we wrap up here you know going back to your podcast and i i told you who my white whale was for mm-hmm. my podcast who is your white whale, Captain Ahab? <laughs> I really, I, I, I have a connection where I think I would make the attempt, but I don't think I want to, and that is Adam Goods. Okay. I, 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 I can't go by that one, and he's a lot like, um, senior. Like he doesn't do interviews, he doesn't right. do a lot of of media. So, but he would be like that would be like, and I, I have connections with Jude Bolton because I sat down and have a chat with Jude, and Jude is a good friend of Adams. And I've debated a couple of times asking, but I don't want I don't want to I don't want to do that because I respect Adams' privacy. I respect Jude too much to mm-hmm. use him as a go between as well. But that would be that would be one. The other one, honestly, that I would love to do, and it's maybe just because of my background, and that's Coach Horse Longmire, John Longmire, the, mm-hmm. the head coach of right. the Sydney Swans, just because. His story is massive, being a great player for North Melbourne, and then how how long he's been at the job at Sydney, right? And kind of the the fluctuation and change that Sydney's team has made over these last five or six seasons, going from a very veteran team to now a very young squad, very talented but very young, and to to find out how he kind of how he's maneuvered each of these seasons because each season brings a different type of atmosphere when it comes to the to the playing list Absolutely, and how he yeah. kind of handles it and then how everyday coaching kind of is for a professional because I know that's all they have to worry about and they get paid to do it mm-hmm. so my job as a volunteer coach that puts in a lot of hours to to help my volunteer team yeah to to be able to talk to him about the the hours that he can spend going over game tape and all this stuff, like I think that would be amazing to have that opportunity. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, I would love love to sit down with Chris Scott. Yeah, that'd be that would be that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be another that'd be another one. Hey, I I have I have I've, I have a Chris Scott bumper sticker on the back of my van and one on my desk in my classroom. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've a. Uh, I don't think he got any uh, remunerances from that, but uh, or remittances from that, but uh, he's there nonetheless. So, mm-hmm. Donnie, thanks for taking time out of your evening, sir. I appreciate it. I know you've got other things going on tonight because you are as busy, if not busier, than I am with everything you're doing. So, keep on keeping on, man. Well, I genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. Hey, and again, much, much in all love uh, to you and your podcast again. Fantastic. I'm loving the, I'm loving the episodes, hearing everybody's different favorite game and having the chance to be able to share mine a little bit though. We, we went on some tangents, but they were good footy tangents that I absolutely love. You, you and I can just talk footy for hours. I absolutely love it. 
uh when it comes to it you may be just a tiny bit busier because i think you said you scheduled like six i'm probably doing about one or two a day max when Mm -hmm. it comes to it but i think i've got like the next week filled with at least one per every day um so so i'm hoping to to be there tonight when i get done (laughs) this evening yep So, but, but it's, it's a labor of love and it's a lot of fun. And my, and and the fact that Ross lets me do this during the off season and he lets me kind of just have some fun with it. I I've, Mm -hmm. I've thoroughly, and the people that I've met and and the fact that I've had some people help me get some waffle teams, some sample teams. And and I think they're even fascinated that I want to learn about the state science that I think this is, this is going to be so much fun. I'm going to get us to March worst case scenario, and then get us back into footy. And I'll say this on the episode now, I just saw yesterday the fantasy season has opened up again. So I got to ask Craig, would you be willing to do the 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 American footy fantasy football league would. again this year? I absolutely would. In fact, I, I just did my – it's on my other computer, but I already did my first um, my first team selection on Supercoach, and I just saw that the AFL site opened up today as well. So I'm sure I will spend – Way too much time on that this evening as well, <laughs> as I'm waiting some responses from emails and that type of thing. Yeah, so, yes, well, that's I, it. over the next few over the next few weeks. I will probably reach out to everybody that was in our league okay. the last time. I think every, everybody that I've talked to again, I'll have to make sure and reach out. But I think everybody had a blast. So I'd love to do it oh, again. Yeah. I don't and know I, if I, Lee. I don't know if Leo want to do it again because two straight years I've I've Bradburyed him in in the in the. In the grand final, so he's probably well, you know, and I think we need to get the guys from uh, um, San Francisco on this time as well. I reached out to them there. last year, and they weren't real interested. But I'll reach out. I'll reach out again okay. and see if they'd be okay. interested. I know I, I'm hoping Gil will be able to do it again this year. My buddy Brad, I'm hoping he can. Yeah. Ross will probably do it. I know Tim Costanza, who, who you've chatted with a little mm-hmm. bit, he joined last year. He wanted to do to play again this year as well. So probably we can probably get Frode involved as well. I knew Frode was kind of Frode wasn't real super has super confident on it, so I'm not sure, but I'll ask. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll reach out to him. He sent me he sent me a couple of uh, you know because he's got about I think eight different Bulldogs memberships, so I have a couple of his mm-hmm. uh, uh, 2023 membership stickers, and uh, he sent me one for the One Eyed Bulldog podcast as well that he had. So hey man, have a great evening, great chatting with you. All righty, you would do as well, sir. All right, Donnie, thanks so much for taking time to chat again. I know you uh, have a hectic schedule coming up because you're sitting down for another interview uh, that you're doing not too long after we had the chance to finish up. Uh, folks, remember that you can find everything about the webs- the podcast over at my website. I'll try that in English using my own lips. Uh, you can find everything about the podcast over at my website. See, I told you I'd get it right. At yankofthefooty.com. You can subscribe to the mailing list, and I hope that you do, so when new episodes come out, you'll get it in your inbox almost instantaneously, as soon as the episode is released. You can uh, leave a review for the podcast, which is a great way to help the show. I've had a couple wonderful reviews in the last couple of weeks, and I cannot thank those people enough. I love being able to share the views of other people who are listening, because it, it as I've said, it helps to demonstrate that, that maybe I have a place in the, uh, the, the footy podcasting uh, world or universe, if you will. And I guess, you know, the more I think about it, maybe I must have a place there because I'm, I've been doing this for three years now. So I guess I do have a place. I'm just looking to have a bigger place. So again, if you enjoy the show, consider leaving a review or tell your friends about it. Share a link 
you know, uh, put it out on your social media if you really enjoy it. Tell everybody about it. Uh, if you want to help out the show, you certainly can do that either by, you know, checking out the store page, uh, the Redbubble page up at the top. I am working out a couple of new designs that I'm hoping to have on there very soon as well. Or you can click on the uh, little yellow button in the bottom left-hand corner, the Buy Me a Coffee button, which helps to keep the lights on for the podcast. If you'd like to do that, that'd be absolutely wonderful because, again, I am a one-man show here. And, folks, please look out for one another. Give your friends, family a call. Let them know you love them. Check in on them. Make sure they're safe. Those of you up in uh, the northern parts of WA, I hope that the floodwaters are receding so you can get back to some semblance of normalcy soon. Again, Michael, thanks for sharing those images. It is heartbreaking seeing all of that flooding that's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, again, I do appreciate the kind words. I cannot thank you enough. I'm humbled by the kind words from all of you who have, who have reached out. And again, if you have ideas for... Uh, an episode or a guest, please reach out. I'm always looking to talk with uh, former players. And of course, I, I do enjoy talking with fans about their most memorable game. I am in the process of getting preview episodes for all 18 clubs scheduled. I have, believe I have six or seven of the clubs uh, scheduled as of right now. And uh, I think I have like five interviews over the next six days that I'm going to be doing. So they're going to start coming to you very soon as we preview the 2023 season, which I think is going to be an absolutely dynamite season. I think I remember talking to somebody in a recent episode that uh, I think you could make a legitimate claim to maybe 14 clubs having a really good shot at making the eight. And that's not to discount four other clubs. I just think that there are 14 of them that, that really have an opportunity to play finals football this year. So folks, again, check on your family, your friends, and as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 220 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me on Twitter at yank underscore on by email at yankonthefootygmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Look for A Yank on the Footy podcast. You can find me, Craig Wessels, on Facebook as well. Thanks for everything, folks. I, again, I, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, the kind words, absolutely wonderful. And until next time, folks, this is Craig Wessels. Goodbye. <laughs>